Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of Remnant Call. I'm concerned with what's going on, and I'm going to explain why, because I feel like we're making a turn towards something we all better be aware of and uh, in tune with. Father, thank you so much in Yeshua's name for the blessings that you give, and I pray that you'd bless this program tonight, Lord, to be a lighthouse unto your people. Um, Lord, that you would speak through me, uh, that I'd be simply a vessel, Father, to convey your words. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I notice everything is divided today. It's divided all over the place. And, and there's a reason why I'm bringing this up. You know, even in the believers world, there are people who who um, believe in and, um, you know, they want to celebrate Christmas. And those of us who don't like the origins of Christmas, we celebrate Hanukkah. And listen, I'm not against everybody, you know, just because you're different than me. We're all on a different journey. I understand that. But there's so much division. And um, this division can sometimes cause some real strife within the homes. Um, you know, we find out that the enemies truly are those of our own house sometimes. And that's what it means to be a believer in Yeshua, Jesus, that sometimes you will take stands for things that are not popular and you will be criticized. I remember um, before people um, told me because I kept the Sabbath that I was trying to earn my way into the kingdom. But I guess it was okay if I kept the other commandments like thou shalt not kill or covet or, you know, uh, you know, thy neighbor's wife and, and all the different commandments. And that was okay. But for some reason, if I wanted to rest on Sabbath, I was now, you know, trying to earn my way in the kingdom. And I, I don't understand that crazy theology that these people have because I feel bad for those that don't keep Sabbath. Honestly, uh, I'm done Friday evening and I'm, I'm done. I look forward to it every week. It's a joy, a blessing. We don't, it's not a burden. It's something we do because we love the Lord. It's not because I'm trying to earn my way into his kingdom. Nobody can put God into debt and earn something. It's freely given, but we follow and do what we believe the Lord wants us to do. The reason I'm worried, though, about this division is because it's causing a division amongst believers and not only in the church, you know, or their fellowships, wherever, in the, in the body of Messiah. It's causing divisions in their belief in God and what's going to happen in the last days. And so we seem to be going different directions and it's causing a lot of confusion. Now, I believe it's important that we understand these divisions and, and make it a point, and we're going to talk about this, to not be divided. Now, I'm not saying you won't have differences, but I'm talking about first and foremost in our relationship with the Lord. Because I was watching, I've, I've warned in the past about the alien deception that's coming. I, I've truly warned about it. Um, it's coming. It's going to, I believe it's going to be, it's going to shake people. It's going to rock people. 
Uh, and I've seen all the traction that it's been gaining in the mainstream public. Um, I even watched uh, Tucker Carlson interviewing a guy and said he saw all kinds of stuff from, um, you know, uh, Area 51 or whatever. And, and the government cover ups. He was the whistleblower that was going on. Maybe he didn't see it from there, but he knew people who had. And um, but then I saw something else interesting from Tucker Carlson that I thought was very was really cool. And he said that he believed didn't believe these aliens. He believed these people have been here all along and that this is spiritual. And I thought, wow, is it possible this guy gets it that these are demonic forces that have always been around? that are seeking to deceive in the last day. I was very shocked. And I'm actually looking forward to going back and watching some more. I'm not saying I'm not promoting his stuff. I just, I realize that, you know, God can reach anybody no matter where they are. And we need to understand that we are not too high minded. We are not too good. Our knowledge is not so great that we cannot be taught by the Lord. And nobody is beyond the arm of salvation because if someone were repented, come back to the Lord, I believe your father in heaven is waiting, just like the prodigal son, to rescue them. But Jesus said something very specific in Matthew chapter 12, in verse 25, and said, Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city and house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? So they were, this is all when they were, they were trying to say Jesus cast out devils by Beelzebub. Okay. That, this is actually the unpardonable sin coming down here. Not, people misunderstand. The unpardonable sin is, is basically saying that the works of God are the works of the devil. Only God could cast out demons. It's not Satan. They were crediting the devil with the power. Now go read, read this Matthew chapter 12, start in 25 and go all the way down through like 33, um, I think or so. And you'll find out what the actual unpardonable sin was. It, it's, it's completely misunderstood. And I, I don't want to get into that, but what the Lord was trying to say is division is a killer. Division in our mind is a killer. We are so divided today uh, amongst believers, uh, amongst theology in this last day, amongst what's going to happen, amongst our belief in God and who he is, that this alien thing, I believe, could be one of the potential great strong delusions the word of God talks about that's coming in the last day, when truthfully, it's going to be a demonic presence that's always been around and manifestations that is going to wreck people's faith because of division that's in their mind. That's why the churches are falling apart because they are divided and they are no longer following the Lord with all of their heart. God has a plan, but it takes unity of one accord. The word of God talks about that we need to be prepared to stand because God is wanting us to be able to weather the storm and it's not going to be in division. It will be in unity and it will come in unity if we are wholly focused upon the living God in the upper room that happened, not because they went up there and argued is because they went up there and they sought the Lord and they didn't leave until the Lord showed up. 
And they were of one mind and one purpose. And when they were seeking God with all of their heart, God led them and came and manifested in power and tongues of fire. And God is going to manifest in the last day through his people by his spirit as he leads us through these tumultuous, tremendously terrible times we are about to face in this world. Look simply now at the things people accept in our society is okay that we have always known have been false but look how it's crept in amongst the body of believers to those who used to be so solid that knew that only a certain lifestyle was acceptable are now beginning to believe and even change in their own hearts well maybe i don't understand maybe god you know is allowing something different or th- th- it's division And that's why the body of Messiah has fallen apart. Now, the true body shall always remain intact. But at large, that's why you see the crumbling of the church. See, the church in America has already been judged. And it will be judged more. But it has been judged because after COVID, God sifted out people left and right. And and churches shut down out of fear. I, I remember we had like, I told you before, we had all these people gather in our garage. We used to call it the... The, the church of the, the the first church of the deplorables as we met up in our garage and we worshiped the Lord um, and we sang and we didn't care what they said because the governor of Virginia is not my God. And, and we stayed in unity instead of division because God called us to worship as brothers and sisters in Yeshua. And that's what we did. And and folks, I want to stress this tonight because this is so important moving forward. You know, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 says this, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's homosexuals, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. As such were some of you, but you're washed, which you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Paul is trying to tell us here to stop fooling ourselves. These people aren't going into the kingdom. You can't live like the devil. This is not open season. Just because you gave your life to Jesus is not a free pass for you to live however you want. We have accepted the betrothal cup when we accept that get that when the Lord we take on, you know, and, and communion, we accept that betrothal, and now we are to be as a chaste bride awaiting the bridegroom's return. And Paul says, Stop thinking. He said, Look, I don't care what you've done in the past. Many of you were all these things. He's saying, Look, I, God can forgive whatever your problem was. But stop it. And quit fooling yourself. Quit being so divided that you think now somehow that this is okay when it's not okay. James takes it a little farther and helps us to get an understanding. James chapter 1, starting in verse 1, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes, which are scattered abroad, greetings, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now that's different than modern day theology. We say, oh, Lord, I can't believe we're suffering or going through this. How dare us? And, and James saying, hey, wait a second. Count it joy. Listen to what he says, continuing, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. God's doing something through these trials in us. 
But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wow. Trials actually takes away our greed and desire for things of this world. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Folks, we are in a double-minded crisis today amongst the body of believers So many people are all over the place. When they listen to these end-time programs, they are carried back and forth, one wind of doctrine after another, after another, after another. Even when people comment on, sometimes they'll say the most random, weird things. It's like they want to prove that they're so smart and so intelligent and so much better. Instead of understanding, we are all in need of Jesus, every single one of us. And don't think a single one of us are getting into that kingdom in our own flesh. We will all be tried by fire at some point. Now, interesting, when you're looking at the term for double-minded in the original language, it literally, dipsukos in the Greek, it literally means two-spirited or vacillating back and forth, two-spirited. double. You're of two different opinions, one in the world, one in the Lord, one back and forth, and it's not going to survive. It's not going to happen. You know, I, when Elijah took them up on top of the mountain in First Kings chapter 18, in verse 19, he says this, Now therefore send and gather to all, me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. You see, the problem is God gets frustrated at double-mindedness. People who can't make a decision. It's like going out on a date with somebody who you're in love with, you want to be with, you want to marry that person, and they will never commit. God's asking us for our entirety for all of who we are, every single ounce of our heart. But the double-minded gets so unstable that the slightest wind of doctrine or maybe an announcement one day that we've been visited by aliens is going to wreck their faith. Instead of understanding that the word of God has predicted these things, not predicted, had prophesied that these deceptions would come and we would understand the truth of the demonic nature behind them and that the great, the red dragon is the one controlling what's going on in this world and that we would be even drawn closer to the Lord by understanding, Lord, your word is being fulfilled. Therefore, we shall cling closer to you through these times and not be deceived or swayed by any wind of doctrine that shall come that is false. The Bible is very sure in James chapter 4, verse 8, when it says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So if you want to, here's, here's the thing. This sentence is actually kind of backwards. If you want to cleanse your hands, if you want to purify your hearts because you're double-minded, then draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. You see, this was almost like a Jeopardy question. They gave you the answer up front, and then the question came second. 
God is giving us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things shall be added unto you. If you want to be clean, if you want to purify your hearts because you're double-minded, then draw nigh unto God. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. That's what's happening in this world. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another. That's the problem we're running into. Everybody just wants to cut down every single person out there. Folks, this is not how we're going to survive these last days. A kingdom that is divided shall not stand. I cannot emphasize this enough. There are so many different programs out there trying to tell you how you should prepare, how you should prep, how you should do this and that. And I'm not saying I'm against all these things, but folks, people are confused. They don't know what to do. But the one thing they haven't done is actually spent time with the Lord and asked him what he would have them to do. What he would, God is calling us in this hour to warn the lost. The judgment is coming. Ezekiel chapter 33, when I shall say to the righteous that they shall surely live at the if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. But his iniquity, for his iniquity, he shall, he hath committed, he shall die for it. Again, when I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right. If the wicked restore the pledge and give again that which he had robbed, walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live and shall not die. God's wanting to people to turn back to the Lord. But the church is so divided, they want to set up their services in modern-day churchianity with nothing but coffee bars and donut bars and come in and kick up your feet and hear a sermon about a Jesus that doesn't even exist. It's all lies. It's fanatical. The double-minded curse is running rampant. We are so divided, and it's affecting our very relationship with God till we are starting to question people are the very nature of God, the very the very truth that is in his word, and it's causing people to go nuts and to go crazy and opening their minds to accept this demonic untruths that are coming. Look, it's so blatant now today, they're putting it out there that the mainstream news media has been trying to tell you that an alien deception is coming. They are trying to prep us to receive something that is supernatural except for Jesus Christ. That's why every movie, all these superhero stuff, transhumanism, they're trying to prep us to believe this. And God is trying to warn us that we're being carried back and forth because we are double-minded. Just stop listening to this garbage. Turn it off and get right with God. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. Then he say, I will return into my house from whence I came. And when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept and garnished. Then goeth he and taketh himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. 
Christian. See, when you get when you get to find the Lord, you can't just sit there and follow all these empty, dry wells of madness. You have to fill your house with the Spirit of the Living God by being in prayer, fasting, seeking His face, reading His Word, and filling up your house. So when the devil comes back around, he has no place to stay. But if you simply just cleaned up, you got delivered, and now you're walking and and all over the place, your home's wide open. And God is trying to get us to wake up and put away the double-mindedness. Now, how do you do it? It's real simple. You start by confession with the Lord. You start by you start by acknowledging your own iniquity. It's in the book of Jeremiah. God talks about how you come back from a backslidden state. It's not hard. For Jeremiah three thirteen, only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God and has scattered thy way to the strangers under every green tree. You've been following every wind of doctrine, everything that's going on. You've not obeyed the my voice, saith the Lord. And then he says this, turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion, and I will give you shepherds or pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. God will lead you to the right places. Listen to, picking up verse 22, listen to what it says, return you backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. Did you hear that? God never asked you to heal your backsliding. He says for you to acknowledge your sin, turn back to him, and he will heal you. See, it's always been about the Lord. It's always about him. He's asking us to come back, to repent, to turn for, to him, and acknowledge our ways, and to seek his face, and he in return will heal us from our backslidden ways. But if you think you can fight your backsliding on your own, you're crazy. It'll never work. The Lord has laid out the easiest path back. Jeremiah chapter 3, just read it. He shows you how to come back to him. He wants you to return to him so that he can get the glory for healing your backsliding. You know, he's... Listen and uh, go back to before we got to chapter uh, Jeremiah three. Before we started back in fourteen or thirteen, listen to what it says in verse twelve. This is our job as believers now. Go and proclaim these words un- toward the north and say, "Return, thou backsliding Israel," saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you, for I am merciful, saith the Lord, and I will not keep anger forever. God is calling us to go out and tell people, return unto your heavenly father, return unto him because his desire is to heal them. He doesn't care if you've done all these things. I mean, he didn't like it, but I'm saying he is willing to forgive us. As Paul said, we were once like this. He's willing to cleanse us from it, but we've got to turn back to him. Folks, I don't want to keep harping on this, but I want you to understand you've got to get alone. You've got to get close to God. This may be the most important message you've heard in a long time because it is about nothing else except seeking the Lord, single-minded, single-purpose, single-eye, single-thought, single-focus on Him and Him alone will carry us through these last days. The Lord is going to lead us through these terrible times. He is going to lead us, but we need to get single-minded. God is calling, turn 
oh, backsliding children. And I, the Lord says, will heal your backsliding. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounded on the mountains. Blow a trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Blow a trumpet in